Whether evil spirit possession or influence, the result can be the same in a person's life. We're both enticed your evil desires to an exponential degree to destroy you faster than what you would on your own and of course help destroy others around you. Both will take you to a precipice quicker, to the point of no return. Both look to destroy any and all hope for eternity that much faster. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about evil spirits. The spirit realm is a greater and more complex world than the one we can perceive with our eyes. At this very moment, there are angels and demons all around you. You may not be able to see them, but they are there. And evil spirits or demons are looking to either inhabit as many people as possible or influence as many as they can to ultimately bring about their eternal destruction. The devil and his demons are all evil beings. And the only way to resist their possession or influence is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Today's message is inspired on Luke chapter 9, verses 37 to 42. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name. Blessed be your name, O Lord, for now and always and forever and ever. Your kingdom come, Lord God. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your love and mercy and your grace, and for the salvation and protection that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks, O Lord, that we can rely, Lord God, on you and that you can watch over us when we submit our lives to you, when we give ownership of our lives to you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to understand, O Lord, that it is necessary to be as close as possible to you, to surrender our lives, to be able to do your will, but also for the protection that you offer through your Holy Spirit. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage can be found in Luke chapter 9, verses 37 to 42. This is the word of the Lord. Now it happened on the next day when they had come down from the mountain, that a great multitude met him. Suddenly a man from the multitude cried out saying, Teacher, I implore you, look on my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth, and it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And as he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. Today we're going to be talking about evil spirits. Is this something that still happens today? Is this a real problem? Hollywood has made quite a few movies about their thoughts on evil spirit possession and how that affects people as a form of entertainment because there is an audience that likes that sort of thing. It appears that there is a huge audience that likes horror and the effects of the spirit world. Now, I would have to say that there is such a thing as evil spirits. Maybe not exactly as Hollywood would have us believe, but it does exist nonetheless, and it is much more common than you think. Evil spirit possession and influence is mentioned many times in the Bible, like in the passage we just read. 
In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, the apostle Paul says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So it is very clear that evil spirits are all around us and that we need to deal with these all of the time as followers of Jesus Christ. And I would have to say that the spirit world right now on this planet at this very moment is incredibly active, more than ever. If you could see it for a moment, it would be quite scary, the amount of activity all around you. Some might say, John, I don't see this very clearly or I can't tell. And I would have to say that the most apparent way we can tell that the spirit world is more active than ever is by the way people act and the things they do. One of the things that is most confused for mental illness is the spirit influence. I'm not saying that mental illness is not a real problem. There is such a thing as mental illness and there are varying forms of it depending on the damage inflicted on the brain by certain events or physical accidents and some people are born with these issues. But we as a society or the medical world assigns mental illness too quickly because there is no acceptance in that evil spirits do exist and that they do torment people and they do influence behavior and unfortunately that there is such a thing as demon possession. For example, when a person hears voices and those voices are pushing a person to do things they wouldn't do on their own, that is evil spirit influence or possession. When a person does things all of a sudden that are out of character for them, that is evil spirit influence or possession. Just like these senseless acts of violence that we see everywhere happen. Many will attribute these events to mental illness, but that is not the case. And there are things that happen that may not seem as dramatic or noticeable, but those things can involve also evil spirits. And so we can see by these very brief examples that we are surrounded by evil spirit activity everywhere. Now, some of you might ask, how does this happen? In order to answer that question, we need to identify that there is a difference between influence and possession. If we are not careful, evil spirits can even influence believers and followers of Jesus Christ if we are not vigilant. The devil tries to tempt us all of the time. So that's evil spirit influence by itself right there. The tempter is constantly trying to make a sin. We need to remember that even the Lord Jesus Christ was tempted while here on earth. So what's left for us? Now, as far as possession, that can happen in a multitude of ways, either by directly getting involved with the occult, and that happens in many different ways, or through witchcraft, and that will be surprising to most of you. The Lord God warned against the occult and getting involved with the spirit world and declared these things to be abominations. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, God said this, when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. The problem with these things is that when a person gets involved with these practices, no matter how harmless or entertaining they may seem, 
They're involving themselves with the evil spirit realm. They're opening the gate of their life to be overtaken by the evil that this brings. That's why God tried doing away with these things. Everyone that has some sort of demonic possession happen in their life has dabbled in this stuff at one moment or another. Evil spirit possession doesn't happen by accident or by chance. And there is one word that helps us understand just how subtle it is to get involved with possession. God uses the term witchcraft in this passage. In Galatians chapter 5, the word sorcery is also used, which also means witchcraft, where it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In the English, we use the words witchcraft or sorcery, but in the ancient Greek, the term pharmakia is used. This is where we get our term for pharmacy. So in essence, witchcraft or sorcery involves substance use. In ancient times and even today, in occult practices or pagan rituals, People use substance consumption in some form to make contact with the spiritual realm. Things like hallucinogens, anything that affects the senses as a means to get involved with the spirit world. And so whether people do it intentionally or unknowingly, whenever they get involved with some form of drug or substance, they're opening themselves up to the evil spirit realm. And that is where possession can happen. And it can either be something temporary or more permanent. This may shock some of you, but even alcohol consumption can cause possession because it dulls the senses and it causes hallucinations. And of course, it even relaxes inhibitions. That's why people do all kinds of senseless things while intoxicated, like rape, random acts of violence, sexual adventures, all kinds of things that are evil desires within themselves fueled by evil spirit possession. In Proverbs chapter 20, it says this, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. In Proverbs chapter 23, it also says this, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls round smoothly. At last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea or like one who lies at the top of the mass saying, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? So you see, alcohol is a substance that can cause all kinds of things that ultimately open a person up to the spirit world to get involved with things and do things that they would not normally do. The strange sensations and feelings that come with substance use are not all induced by chemical reactions in the body and or in the brain, but rather they are produced by evil spirits entering the body, coming in and out. Substances make your soul, your heart vulnerable to evil spirits because evil spirits are always looking for somewhere to rest in. 
Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So evil spirits are always looking for people where to stay in. And if a person does not fill their heart with the Holy Spirit of God, they will always be susceptible and vulnerable to evil spirit inhabitants, and it will get worse and worse over time if a person continues to consume substances that affect their consciousness, whether they be illegal or legal. All substances that affect a person's awareness or consciousness open them up to evil and unclean spirit invasion. Now, there is another way that a person can be made vulnerable to evil spirit invasion, and that is through the act of sex. The problem with sex is that it is not just the joining of the flesh, but it is also a spiritual connection among people. That's why promiscuity is such a problem. People get involved with multiple sex partners and through those acts, they're not only exposing their bodies intimately, but also their hearts, their very souls, and they're joining with whatever is in the heart of that other person. Evil and unclean spirits go from body to body, from one to another in sexual activity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the Bible explains the following. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Most people assume that being yoked refers to marriage, but it is not so. It is about forming a bond with someone either permanently or temporarily. That's what this passage refers to. It's about warning the believer to not form bonds with people that do not belong to God, whether physical, emotional, or even financial bonds. The Bible warns against forming any kind of bond with people that do not belong to Jesus Christ because they are not inhabited by the Holy Spirit of God. The passage says again, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. Why? Because the moment that a bond is formed, you are intermingling your intimacy with their intimacy. And in sex, you are forming a bond with the person that may have an unclean spirit and you're opening yourself up to that interaction. This is why the order that God gives for sex is that should be done within the marriage and that a believer should be yoked or bonded to another believer so that there is a holy union, an intermingling of the Holy Spirit between two people that belong to the Lord Jesus Christ rather than someone that belongs to Christ with someone that could be inhabited by an evil and or unclean spirit or even many spirits. So what is the only way we can protect ourselves from possession? The only way is by filling your heart with the Holy Spirit of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Once the Spirit of God is in a person, 
there can be no demonic possession because a person becomes God's possession. God would not allow for anything like that to happen to a person that belongs to him. Now, how about evil spirit influence? The only way we can protect ourselves from that is by walking in the spirit, by not looking to satisfy the things of the flesh. The flesh and whatever it wants goes against the things of God. And that's where evil spirits and the devil himself will try to tempt us to exploit that vulnerability, to make us sin and fall. This is why we are counseled like this. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, which is what we saw before, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I told you beforehand, just as I told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In this passage, we're also warned to not practice the works of the flesh. Because if we do, and they become a lifestyle, the Bible is very clear in that a person that practices such things, that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does this mean? Children are the ones that inherit from their parents. And so a child of God will not inherit the kingdom of God if they are leading a lifestyle of sin. God will not let a person that is living in an ungodly way enter his kingdom. That's why this whole notion that many people have or many believers have that the saved is always saved, no matter what you do, is wrong. It does not align with the Bible. God will never let a person go, but a person always has free will. And if they choose to go away from God by taking on a sinful lifestyle, God is not going to force them to stay with him. God will discipline them. He will allow for certain circumstances to happen in their life to help them reconsider their evil ways, but he is not going to force them. And when a person makes this decision to leave God and to take on the practice of sin, to lead a sinful lifestyle, they're opening themselves up to leaving God's protection and of course, running the risk of not being allowed into God's kingdom in eternity. How much does a person have to sin for this to happen? Only God knows, but the passage is quite clear and that there is a grave risk. This is why we must stay as close to the Lord as possible by taking care of our salvation with fear and trembling, just like the scriptures say. If we give in to the things of the flesh, we will give in to temptation and we will be led astray by our own evil desires that still are within our flesh. This is a constant battle. A clear example of this is when Peter was influenced, not possessed, by the devil to try to sway Jesus from going through his sacrifice. In Matthew chapter 16, we read this. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Was Peter possessed? 
No, but he was being influenced by the devil through the weaknesses of his flesh. The moment you allow for your flesh to take over is the moment you will give in to evil spirit influences and the sinning will start because you start paying attention more to the things of the flesh than to the things of the spirit. You start thinking more about the superficial and temporary world than about the eternal will of God. Could you imagine if Jesus would have listened to Peter and said, you're right, Peter. I shouldn't have to go through these awful things. They're going to be painful and horrifying. If Jesus would not have been courageous and obedient enough to go through the sacrifice of the cross for us, we would have no hope, no eternal life. Our only hope would be the crumbs this world gives us and then hell. But praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ that he chose the will of the Father and committed himself to doing what needed to happen than something else that would have been more comfortable and painless. Whether evil spirit possession or influence, the result can be the same in a person's life. We're both enticed your evil desires to an exponential degree to destroy you faster than what you would on your own and of course help destroy others around you. Both will take you to a precipice quicker, to the point of no return. Both look to destroy any and all hope for eternity that much faster. This is not a game. It's a real problem and a terrible one if you don't look for the freedom that only the Lord Jesus Christ can give you. Having an intimate and personal relationship with the Lord is the only way to protect yourself from demonic possession through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. An evil spirit influence can only be defeated and avoided by looking to do the will of the Father, by clinging to the Word of God and fighting it off through its truth. It's the only way Jesus defeated the temptations of the devil, and it's certainly the only way we can face the tempter and win. The Bible says that if we resist the devil, that he will flee from us. We cannot afford to give in to sin, to his temptations, for in doing so, we will not do the Father's will and give in to the practice of sin and not be able to inherit the kingdom of God. Choose this day whether you want to continue being a slave to sin and death by giving into demonic control and influence, or if you want Jesus Christ to free you from the power of sin and protect you from certain destruction. Evil spirit possession and influence is a real problem. The devil does exist. His demons are all around you all of the time, looking who to inhabit and how to thwart the work of God. These are eternally cursed beings that hold only one goal, to do anything they can do to impede the will of God. They are all evil. There is nothing good or redeemable in them. And if you give them room in your life by either doing things that open yourself up to their world even further, like getting involved with any substances that affect your senses, or getting into sexual relationships that go against God's design, they will destroy you that much faster. You will commit sin at a pace that will bring about your demise that much quicker. This is something that everyone needs to understand. We are created beings that were made to serve. God made us for himself so that we could serve him. And so no matter what you do, you will serve something with your life. There's no getting around that. Even when a person thinks that they're serving themselves, they're not really serving themselves. By looking to do your own will, the desires of your heart, you're only serving sin and death, and you're bringing about your own self-destruction. When you serve sin, 
You are serving the devil and everything that stands against God. That's the truth. So no matter how nice and wholesome things may seem, the bottom line is that if you are not serving God through the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are serving Satan and everything in his dominion. And that is what either demonic possession or influence will take you to do. They can't make you do things, but they will entice you to do them. They will appeal to the evil desires within your flesh, to the sin that stills. They will appeal to the evil desires within your flesh, to the sin that still dwells within you, so that you go away from God and the eternal life that only He can give. For it is written, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. These evil spirits are out to destroy you. And they will do it subtly, or directly, or any way they can but nothing good can ever come by being possessed by them or influenced by them. Both conditions are extremely dangerous. Both can destroy you forever. You don't see the consequences right away if you let them do what they want and you give in to their will and never turn away from your sin to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. The ultimate consequence for that will be when you stand before the throne of the Lord God Almighty and he sentences you to spend eternity in hell in a place where there is no return, where there is no peace or joy or love. And you will be there forever, tormented by these same evil beings, full of regret and remorse for all eternity. But you can avoid all of that by repenting from all of your sins and converting with all your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to the Lord so that you can find eternal forgiveness, redemption, and eternal life, so you can have the Holy Spirit's protection and guidance in your life. I would urge you to do God the Father's will in your life so that you can in fact avoid the devil and any of his influence in your life so you can save yourself and help others find their way to God. God is good and he wants for as many people to find salvation as possible. He sent his son Jesus Christ to free us from the power of sin and to redeem us so we can belong to him and do those things that produce life. My best advice to you is to look for the Lord Jesus Christ and the freedom that only He can give. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, I praise you, I worship you for your goodness, for your mercy, and for your grace. I give you thanks, O Lord, for the opportunity of salvation, for the forgiveness of sins that we could have through your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks for the sacrifice on the cross, because through the breaking of His flesh, and through the shedding of his blood, is that we find eternal life. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we have a, a war to win, that you, through your son Jesus Christ, has won the war, but you need to conquer in our lives. Help us to understand that we need to surrender our lives to you, that we need to fill our lives with your holy presence, with your Holy Spirit, that we need to cling on to you as closely as possible. That we need to, Lord God, take hold of your word so that we can be able to resist the devil and his demons, so we can be able to resist temptation and not fall 
and not give in. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that there is an evil world out there that only wants to destroy us and that we must be strong in you, vigilant in you, that we must be conscious of what that is and that our only answer is you. I give you thanks and I praise you, O oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes Store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.